Good evening and good morning. A special Thanksgiving edition. Tavshin Pei Aleph of Daf Yomi. Today, Bezrat Hashem will be learning Daf Hey in Masechah Psachim. And we will begin line, nine lines down on Hamad Aleph with the words Devei Rabbi Shmael Tana. Now, we were discussing the mitzvah of Bedikas Chametz. And the question of the mitzvah of Bedikas Chametz is when is that Bedikah done? Now, the Pasuk just says, Ach b'yom harishon tashbisu se'or mibasechem. So whether you call it bedika, whether you call it bi'ur, this proactive getting rid of the chametz situation is taking place, right? The time when you have to actually get rid of the chametz. We were talking up until now, orla basar, about the bedika and it being the night before. But now we're talking about when do you have to get rid of the chametz. So the Pasuk is shall we say, ambiguous, right? It says, Bayom harishon, Now we know Bayom harishon means literally the first day. But we know also that it can't mean the first day of Pesach. You can't get, you're not getting rid of your chametz the first day of Pesach. By the first day of Pesach, chametz is supposed to be out of there already. As we know, by then, by that point, it should no longer even be in your house. So what are you getting rid of? When is this being done? So we said, we explained that the way the psukim are structured, you compare one to the other, you compare the mitzvah of Achilas Cham, uh, Matzah to the Isser of Achilas Chametz, and lo and behold, turns out that Bayom HaRishon means on Erev Pesach, the 14th of Nisan. <coughs> okay? So the question now becomes, where do we have a precedent for this? How can we justify saying that Yom HaRishon means Erev Pesach? After all, Yom HaRishon typically means the first day, right? First day of Yantiv. So is there another precedent, another example of when the first day refers to the day before, the previous day? So let's see. Yes, we have other examples when the 14th, in fact, the 14th of Nisan is in fact referred to as the Rishon. Uh, Shanemar, as the Pasuk says, Berishon Berbatsar Yom Lachodesh. The Pasuk straight um, in its full uh, reading is Berishon Berbatsar Yom Lachodesh Be'erev Tochlumatsos Ad Yom Aichad Vesrim Lachodesh Be'erev. Now, this is, you could say, misleading because Berishon in that context doesn't have to do with the day at all. It's actually referring to the first month. So this is almost like an illusion of the Vey Rabbi Shmuel, as opposed to an actual example of where Rishon really does mean Erev Yantiv. Be that as it may, we're going to offer another reason, another example of why first has to be understood as Erev Pesach, and that is going to come from somebody who's been coming up a lot of late, Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak. Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak, Amar Rishon de Mi'ikara Mashma, Yes, linguistically, linguistically there is precedence for the word Rishon meaning first. Because it says, in Eov, Harishon, Adam Tivaled, were you born before Adam Arishon? So if you say, were you born before Adam Arishon, so then, right, Rishon here means prior to. So when we say that you have to do, right, Rishon, Barishon, 
So it could be that the Yom Rishon, when we say that, we're referring to the prior, prior what? Prior to Yantiv, meaning Yadalit, Erev Yantiv. Fine. Now the Gemara is going to say, well, we have a lot of examples, and the truth is it's going to single out examples, but really we have a lot of examples of cases where Rishon actually means the first. It doesn't mean the prior. So we're going to kick this around a little bit, and we're going to realize that some of those cases were actually unique. Be that as it may, let's see, let's see how this plays out. So, We know, that we have to take the Dal Minim on Sukkot. Now, now, if you really say the Bayoma Rishon means, as the Gemara suggests now, the Yom Rishon means the prior. So then, obviously, what are you saying? That you're supposed to take Dalad Minim on Erev Sukkot? That's not a thing. So, Hachinari Rishon to me, Karamashma, says the Gemara. Are you mean to say that every time it says Rishon, it means the prior? That can't be. Would you say that of the Dalad Minim? Certainly you would not. So, Gemara answers, Shiny Hazan Dechsev, Usmachtem Lifnei Hashem, Alkechem Shivas Yamim. Because over there, with regards to the Tilas Lulav, it says that you have to rejoice in front of Hashem. Shivas Yamim. Right? Mashvi Shvi Lachag, Afri Rishon Lachag. Just like, right, when we talk about the seventh day, it's referring to the seventh day Yantiv. So in that context, Rishon must be referring to not. Erev Yantav, but the first day of Yantav, and therefore we already know that Rishon with the context of Lulav means not the previous day, but the first day of Yantav. The Gemara therefore says, right, We have a Pasuk that says, Bayom Harishon, that Tashbisu, and we also have Shivas Yamim Matzos Tochelu. Right? So we have, in the context of days, we're talking about the first day, and we are, in fact, comparing it to the seventh day. So we have every reason to believe, in our case, just like we do in Lulav, the Rishon means the first day, says the Gemara. No, there is a difference. Because that our Pasuk, with respect to Matzah, is not saying Rishon, it's saying Ha-Rishon. Ha-Rishon seems to be implying something else, that there's something going on here. We think that that thing that's going on is, watch, that it's alluding to the fact that the Rishon here is not the typical Rishon of the first day of Yantiv, but rather Erev Yantiv. So Gemara asks, therefore, if that's the case, and also with regards to Lulav, Ha-Rishon Lamali, right? Wait a minute. The word Ha-Rishon is also, it says, I mean, we're also saying Ha-Rishon. So if it's the hay, so then the hay appears both in love and in matzah. And why do I need? And, and and furthermore, with regards to sukkahs, it says bayom harishon u bayom hashmini emar rishon mashma. So even though it says harishon, there's a context here where harishon couldn't possibly mean. Erev, because we have a Yom HaRishon over Yom HaShmini, where you have Yom HaShmini, certainly not talking about Erev the Shmini. I mean, look, clearly we're talking about the actual first and the eighth day of the Sukkot. So what's this hay is really, we're not buying the fact that this hay means anything, because we see the hay in so many other contexts where it doesn't have that connotation of referring to Erev Yontiv. So what's going on here? The Gemara answers, no, Shani Hasam, Domer Kra, Uva Yom HaShmini, Shabbatson. Ma shmini shmini de chag, rish af rishon rishon de chag. So how rishon lamali, 
Right? To teach you that Cholomoid is not included in Isra Malacha. That's why you have the hay, that Harishon is the actual, those are the actual days of Yantiv. This is not an allusion to Erev Yantiv at all. It's just simply teaching you that those first and eight days of Sukkot are going to be the ones where there's Isra Malacha, and Ha is to uh, sort of single those days out. In contrast with the intermediate days in between them, which are going to be Cholomoed, where there will not be an Isser Malacha. Okay, so now, does the hay really show that there's going to be no Chiyav Malacha on Cholomoed? The bar says, Cholomoed mirishon Shmini Nafka. Wait a minute. Just the very context of the of the Pasuk, where it refers to singling out the first and the eighth day, teaches you that you don't have that Isra Malacha and Cholomoed. We didn't need the extra help of the hay to deduce that. So the Gemara, so therefore, why is the hay there? The Gemara answers, no, the hay is necessary. It's Since the Pasuk said, and also on the eighth day, that letter, extra vav, is adding on the Indian Rishon, that maybe is actually not excluding the first and the eighth day, but actually adding all the days in between with that Vav, Kamash Malan, that no, that we have the haze to exclude it. Wow. So therefore we need the haze. So the Gemara, okay, so you know what? Just write, Bayom Arishon, I don't know exactly, Obayomashmini, I don't know what they would have written, but the point is, without the hay and the Vav, right, which counterbalance each other or cancel each other, I should say. We would be left in the same place. So why are you adding extra hays and vavs to teach you that it could be that way, but it's really not that way? And furthermore, v'su hasam k'siv b'yom harishon mikra kodesh yelachem rishon demi karamashma. When it says b'yom harishon mikra kodesh yelachem, I mean, look at the context of the pasuk. Is it possible that when it's saying that on that first day it's going to be an actual right? Yom Kadosh, where you're going to make Kiddush, and it's going to be Yantiv. Is it possible at all that that's referring to Erev Yantiv? Certainly in context, it seems very, very unlikely. So, therefore, we don't have real real reason to believe that this this is actually talking about Erev Yantiv. So, therefore, the Gemara answers, Elahani Shloshavishan Rebaile. No. Those terms uh, where we say Rishon, we actually need it. Let's see Rashi. Ella Dhsiv the Mikra Kodesh, the Pesach, Mikra Kodesh the Sukkas, a mitzvah salulav. Right? Lo Sosavla Nachman the honey rishon dhsibhu lalimashmusayu kaasu ella shema be almahu shma be almahu the nikra rishon katana the rabbi shmail. Right? That in fact over there they're called Rishon in those special contexts. And the reason they're called Rishon in those contexts without Ha is to teach you uh, three things. What did Rabbi Shmuel teach you? That Bishkar Shlosha Rishon, right, in the reward for having three commandments at the first, Zachul Shlosha Rishon, Klal Yisrael were able to merit um, three things, three sort of like gifts, outcomes that uh, resulted from those Rishon. So, what are the three? So, the Maharsha is quoted in the article. Everybody tries to line it up that you're Zoche to eradicate the Zera Shal Esav. That is based on the Pesach. Again, we have the Pesach, we have the Sukkah, and we have the Lulav. 
Pesach is referring to the Geula of Mitzrayim. Esav is the Geula from Edom. And just like we have Rishon by Mitzrayim, which we commemorate, we should have Rishon by Esav, by the Geula. Levinian base of Mikdash, the rebuilding of the base of Mikdash. Uh, we trusted in Hashem and Sukkot. Uh, again, the different Achronim and Rishonim that line up. Um, I think mostly Achronim that line up the different um, the different Rishons and how they actually correlate to each other. And so Binyan Beis Mikdash perhaps would be referring to the uh, the Anonei Akavod or the Sukkot that we trusted Hashem in the Midbar. And Belishmoshel Mashiach, Shmoshel Mashiach, which the Mefarshim say is Menachem, that it's an Achama, and that would be. Um, just like the lulav uh, being shaken and the joy that that brings will also come the unbridled joy of having the gula shlema may it return speedily in our day. Okay, so now, where are those three things linked to to Rishon? So l'hachri zar shal esav, we have the psukim to prove it. Right, as we know, esav, ooh, Calendrical coincidence, almost. Last week, <coughs> this past so this past Shabbos, Vietzer Rishon Admoni Kuloka Dersa. The first one is Asaf. So we have a Rishon by Asaf. Levinia Beis Mikdash Shichsev Kisei Kvod Moro Mirishon Makomik Dashenu. That the Kisei Kavod is is from at first in the place of the Mikdash. That's in Yirmiyo. Vlishmal Shemashiach Tachsev Rishon Litzion Hine Hinam. Here they are. Isaiah, the Rishon Lezion, which is what this Friday chief rabbi is called. Now, and it's referring to Mashiach. Now, seven lines up from the wide. Another source to show us when the Chametz has to be destroyed. Rava has a different source. Rava Amamrahacha, Losishchas al Chametz Tam Zivchi. You can't slaughter the Korba Pesach while you're in possession of Chametz. Well, this seems to be a very by the time you shecht in the carbon Pesach, the Chametz has to be out of there. Out of there. The Pesach is going to be in the afternoon. Bein Arbaim, as Rashi says. Therefore, by that time, the Chametz has to be gone. Ah, he says the Gemara. What are you going to say? When is the carbon Pesach? We know that there were so many people bringing carbon Pesach that took a long time. So, what are you going to be basing this Isra Chametz on? Some people are going to be making their Korban Pesach, bringing it uh, later into the night. So the Gemara answers, Man Shechita Marachmana. No, it's not saying that you, once you're shechting the Pesach, that at that point you have to make sure that you no longer have Chametz individually. So if you're shechting it late, you could eat longer. That's not the case. It's Man Shechita. When the first person, the earliest time you can bring the Korban Pesach, that's when we can no longer eat the Chametz. Rav is making a lot of sense. The Gemara is going to support him now. Tanya not mihachi because we have a brisa. It's pretty explicit. It says It quotes our pasuk, which teaches you when you have to get rid of the chametz. Says the brisa. Wait a minute. So the brisa itself is articulating what our shaila was. That we're not sure. It's, it sounds like it's talking about a yantiv, but it wouldn't make sense. It has to be Mayor of yantiv. Says the Bryce itself, walks us through it. Talmud Loimar, Lotishchas, Alachamets, Damzivchi, that you shouldn't shecht the Damzivchi, referring to the Korban Pesach, when there's Chametz present. 
Lo sishchas pesach v'adayin chametz kayam says the brisa. Dever Rabbi Shmuel, and that's Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Shmuel is supporting Rava's view over here that it is in fact linked to the korban pesach. That's how we know when we have to actually destroy our chametz. Rabbi Kiva brings a second source. Rabbi Kiva Omer Ernetzarich. We don't even need that because Arei Omer Ach Bayom Arishon Tashbisu Somer Baseichem Uchsiv Kol Malacha Lo Yase Bahem. You can't do any malacha. Matzinu lahav arashi av malacha. So we're going to see in the Gemara that three things need to be true for this little limud, for this um, idea to actually make any sense. But basically, since havara is an av malacha, right, and we're going to say, as Rashi is going to have to explain already here, that according to Rabbi Kiva, he's referring to the destruction of the chametz by means of the flame. So if you need to light a fire in order to destroy it, uh, so if you need a fire to destroy it, that Rabbi Kiva terms is an av malacha. Certainly that's not something you would do on Yantiv, and therefore it must be something that you're doing on Erev Yantiv. So Rabbi Yaisi has a third sort of source, third limud, Rabbi Yaisi Omer, Enot Sarech, that even Rabbi Kiva you don't need because we have a different source. How so? So we have the word ach. The word ach in itself is a red flag that something is off or something is unusual here. The word ach is teaching you that it's mechalek, right? And it's telling you that it has to be a day that half the day is an Isser Chametz, and half the day there is no uh, Isser of eating Chametz. But what, that can't possibly be on Yantav. We already know that you have to, you can no longer eat Chametz on Yantav itself, says the Gemara, right, within Rabbi Yossi. The Ibi Yantav Atzmo, my Shari, right? It can't be that you have a day of actual Yantav when it's half Mutter to eat the Chametz and half Asr. So it has to be that it's on Erev Yantiv. Ha'itkash hashbasas or lachilas chametz. As we said, that the destruction of the chametz is in fact tied to the achilah of the chametz. Ve'achilas chametz, lachilas matzah. And this is what we had said uh, yesterday, that the achilas chametz is uh, compared to the achilas matzah, which means that any time that you have to eat matzah, that means it's also eating chametz. And any time that... So that refers to the entirety of Pesach. And so any time that it's also to have chametz, certainly you're not going to be breaking up that day. Therefore, it must be that the day that's broken by the word, as indicated by the word ach, is Erev Yontiv itself. Okay, so now we're going to analyze the brisa that we mentioned. Amar Rava, right? So we say, as we turn to Hayam and Beis, Shema Minami, Rabbi Kiva, Tlas. That Rabbi Kiva, right, uh, this Brisa has these uh, three, right, um, shitas of, of uh, right, we, we have we have Rabbi Kiva and we have Rabbi Yossi, and as we said within Rabbi Kiva, that three things need to be correct in order for his shita. Again, what was Rabbi Kiva's shita? He said that Tashbisus Armin Basechem. That the fact that Rabbi Kiva, and we already said, and we're going to say it again now, that the Rabbi Kiva holds that it has to be done by flame is an indication to Rabbi Kiva that it can't be done in Yantiv. But we also, you might 
um, be thinking, well, wait a minute, sometimes we are allowed to light a flame on Yantiv. So that's what the Gemara is going to address now. Shmami no Rabbi Akiva Tlatz. Within Rabbi Akiva, we hold three things. Shmami no Ein Bir Chametz El First of all, his whole Pshad is relying on the fact that the destruction of the Chametz is being done Bestrefa with actual burning. Shmami no Havara Lechalak Yatsas, which is another way of saying that Havara is a Malacha, right? Uh, just because that is in fact what Rabbi Kiva's wording was, There's a machlokas we had in Shabbos, whether Avara was L'Lav Yatsas or L'Chalak Yatsas, L'Lav would be, because the Pasuk actually only explicitly mentions Havara as the Malacha in the Mikdash. In other words, in the Mishkan. When we talk about the Pasuk, then Havara is the only Malacha that's actually explicitly mentioned. So that's interesting. And the question is, why would that be? So there's the machlokas, either to teach you that you can be chayev a korban chatos for each and every, um, for each and every time you do an, uh, a malacha, each time that you do malacha on Shabbos or Yantiv, you're over its own separate chatos, as opposed to, that's, that's lechalik yantos, that's what we're learning, in fact, that they're all asr and they all would require korban chatos if they're done rishogeg, and they're all malachas, all the malachas that we mentioned. That is just to teach you in a manner whereby all the other malachas are going to be learning from the malacha of Avar as an example. The other opinion is completely opposite. The opinion that we don't hold here is Lelaviatzas, that Havara is not setting an example for the rest of Malachas, saying they're all the same in the, in the sense that they're all going to be Av Malachas, but rather literally the opposite, to exclude Havara and to single it out as being different than the other Malachas in the sense that the other Malachas are Av Malachas and they're Isser Kares or Isser Chatas Beshogeg, as opposed to Hav Ara, which is only an Isser Lav. So that's what Isser Lav versus Isser versus Lechalik um, is. That's what that Machlokas is with regards to Hav Ara. So be that as it may, Rabbi Kiva clearly is holding that it's a Malacha de Raisa, Av Malacha, and therefore he holds Lechalik Yatsas. In addition, he holds that the Bir Chamis has to be done with And finally, Yishmami Na, the third thing, that whereas before, with regards to Yantav, sometimes you said that if you are in fact lighting already for, let's say, cooking, which is Mutter on Yantav, that you could light it for any other reason. But that in itself is a machlokas in Rabbi Kiva's taking your position. Because after all, to burn chametz, even though it has nothing to do with ochel nefesh per se, is in fact, as Tosfos explains over here, a productive thing to do on Yantiv. And if you held that hoil v'hutra l'tzara, chutra nam you certainly would allow the burning of the chametz, even though it is an avmalacha. And even though the only way you can burn the chametz is, right, is b'streifa, this streifa would be allowed were it not for the fact that you held against the concept of Hoel and how that you can, in fact, only do the Malach Avar on Yantiv for the purposes of Letzorech. Yantiv, which would be like a cooking. Okay, so now we're into two dots, five lines down on Haman Bays. And the Gemara is talking about the idea of owning Chametz. Taner Banan. When you look at these Psukim here, the Bryce says, Shivas Yomim Fine. So you can't have it, what? You can't have it found in your house, okay? Matalmud Lomar. And we already mentioned this, so we see you're going to dig in a little bit more about Ba Yorai Ba Matzah here. What, what does Lo Yimatzah mean? So, really, what in effect this Gemara is asking is what's the difference between Yorai and Yimatzah? Now, 
It's more than that. Lo is talking about it shouldn't be found in your house. Lo it says it shouldn't be seen at all. That's a much more inclusive pasuk. I don't want to see chametz anywhere within the boundaries of your property as far as it can go. That is very much more inclusive. Why would you need to add to that? I also don't want to find chametz in your house. That should, it should be obvious. Says the Gemara, Well, this is why you need lo because you may have thought when it says lo that it means that we infer that it's yours that you can't see. You shouldn't see yours. Right? But it's not like you can't be in a Twinkie factory. You can see all the other, right? Or if it's Hekdesh, that, that chametz, perhaps, that would be okay to see. Okay? Yochel Yadmin. And you may have thought that even his own chametz, right, you could just sort of pack it away. Right? You could pack it away behind some sort of, um, you know, cabinet or whatever. And then that's it. As long as you don't see it, it's fine. And maybe you could even, like, somehow deal in chametz, where you're accepting these packages from the Nachrim. Why can you accept these deposits from the Nachrim? Because after all, you're not, in fact, owning this chametz. So you see, you're elachasar, so shulchayatara, your own, you can't see. So as long as you either don't see it, or it's not yours, it's going to be okay. That's what the Gemara is saying here. It should not be found at all. In other words, what does not be found mean? It means that even if I don't see it now, I don't want to be able to find it if I look for it. And even if it doesn't belong to you, I just don't want to find it. So that's Lo Yimatsa is teaching you really both of those things. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about the Chametz from a guy. So, Ainli Ela Benachri Shaloki Bashto, Bein Charim Chabachatzer. The Gemara is making a statement here that we're going to. Uh, flip upside down on its head. But in the meantime, it sounds like it's referring to what? That if you didn't, uh, this is, the article explains that this is, it's hard to say that this is a Nahri, so obviously there's a lot more here than meets the eye, but it says it's a Ger Toshav. Because it may, it's a foreign type of Nahri that you have not subdued. He doesn't live with you. How do you know that if he lives with you, that you also uh, have to, what, get rid of his chametz? We'll see, it's going to flip upside down, but for now, how do we know that's It shouldn't be found in your house at all. So therefore, right, that's what it says, uh, in order to not have all these uh, chametz of the guy. It says the Gemara, so, okay, so we learned that it can't be found in your house. Good. What about if you own, right, um, pits or ditches, vaults? So how do we know that it can't be found there either? So now we turn back around and use to take the lessons we learned from and expand it to all the boundaries and everything within it. Right, that in your house you can be over by your by your Fine, and also you're not going to be able to hide, like we said, and you can't accept deposits from nachrim. Okay, 
בגבולין שלך יהיה אתה רואה, אבל אתה רואה שלכם של גבוה, מניין ליתן את העומר של זה בזה ושל זה בזה. So we say, so we say, you know, we see what you're doing here. The Gvulin had a certain, right, law. With regards to the Gvulin, we said a certain halacha. And we said, well, if we only learned the Gvulin, I don't know, maybe we could have hid something, maybe we could have taken something that isn't ours. So the Basechem, Lo Yimatze, taught us that that we cannot do. But then we're trying to bring it back. So that's only in your house, right? Now we're trying to bring all of those lessons that we learned back into the Gvul, and that may not be, where do we learn that we can actually do that? So, you know, if the Gemara had done it, we probably wouldn't question it, because we see all these kinds of Limudim all the time. But here the Gemara is actually questioning it. It says, how can you take, right, everything that we're saying in one Pasuk of Bayimatze and apply it back to the Gvulin for this, like, blanket Isser in all regards. So the Gemara actually has an answer for that. It comes from Xer Shava as follows. Talmud Lomar Seor Seor Lexer Shava. It says Seor twice, and they use that to, right? We know that the Xer Shava is a kind of limud with it. The word appears twice, and we use that to compare the halachas of each of each uh, Pasuk as follows. Neymar Seor Babatim. So since in both cases it says but in both cases it refers to Sor, we have Xer Shava, and we say once we've learned everything we learned by by the bias, we're going to expound it to Gvulin as well. Right, so we go back and we say, this is the comparison. Just like Sa'or in, in the house, is gonna, you're going to be over by Yerobah Yimatzeh, and you can't hide it, and you can't accept deposits from Gayim. Similarly, the Sa'or that's in the Gvulin has the same Allah, you can't hide it, can't accept deposits from Gayim, etc., etc., and furthermore, Masor Ha'amur Begvulin Shulcha I Ataroe Avataroe Shalchem Vishal Gavoa. And just like in the Gvulin, so the Gzeir Shavu is a two way street here. Right? Just like in the Gvulin, if, as long as it's not your Chameitz, you're not going to be over by your by just for seeing it, or just for seeing Chameitz of Gavoa, of Hekdesh, so Afsor Ha'amur Rabatim Shulcha Yataroe Avataroe Shalchem Vishal Gavoa. So you can even have that in your house if it's not yours at all. You have no ownership. You have no shaykhs or connection to it. Um, this is the part now where the Gemara is going to finish up some un- unfinished business with regards to the Brisa where it has to turn it upside down. Right, we said that some sort of guy that you don't have dominion over him. Right, so the Gemara says, how do you know that even, that even, you know, as we know, that if a Nachri, that you don't have any, like, really jurisdiction over, that if he's around, that you're, um, right, even if he's not living with you. So, so then, um, we know that there's a prohibition of keeping Chameitz with, from him. Um, so the question is, how do we know that if he's living with you, that you can't keep that Chameitz? Well, that should be more obvious. So the Gemara says, Talmud Loma Loi Matzeh, that Loi Matzeh means that it shouldn't be found. But the Gemara asks, wait a minute, it's literally backwards. It's the hind of the animal. Klape Laya. It's the opposite. It should be a bigger Chiddush, right? In other words, 
to say that the guy that doesn't live with you, you still can't be, um, right? You still can't be responsible for his chametz, because after all, if the guy is living with you, then obviously you're responsible because he's literally in your chazer. So Amar So he reserved. He reversed the order. Or another answer. Rava Amar Olam Lo Right, Rashi is going to say that this is this whole concept is going now lehetera. We just said that according to right, um, we just said Amar Mar that this whole thing was just talking about for the fact that you can't keep the chametz, but you could read it the same way we were reading it, but saying that no, this is the case where uh, it's not really your chametz; it's the guy's chametz. And what we're trying to show is that even if the guy lives within your boundaries, it's still not going to be a problem by your rabbi So that's the other answer. Let's read that inside. It's going on the beginning where it says so you would think that it's actually no iser, right? Um, with a nachri that has that you have no dominion over him and he's not living there. So of course you're not responsible for his chametz. How would we know that if he's in your chatzer that you still can act lakula? Right, that the chametz of any guy shall not be found. Okay. So when I said, you might have thought to yourself, wait a minute, what do you mean? means that you can't have it present. That's the question of the Gemara now. saying, we're trying to say that this is a proof, that the guy, right, that even though he lives amongst you, you can ha- you can be exposed to his chametz, and you're not going to be over balyimatze. And but the pasuk that we bring to show that is balyimatze. That's and that actually asks it. Says the Gemara that Tana is bringing a what he's seeking a rule a heter, and he ends up quoting the pasuk of balyimatze, which is leiser. So the Gemara answers mishum shenemar lecha lecha zimni. No, that is the tushtel, right? The idea of lacha that every time you say lacha it means that it has to be yours once it has to be yours so it's okay that it does that it says balyamatse it's referring to your chametz not the chametz of a guy okay a different the different part of the brace that we're going to say now is a yatmin what's this idea of you can hide the chametz right or you can take from the nachrim right it's teaching you no you can't even hide it because it's going to, because we're because we're going to find it anytime we can be found. Then even, then you can't even hide it, and even if it's not yours, it's going to be a problem. So the Yeah, but the two portions of this brisa seem to be inconsistent. On one hand, we're saying that you could see the right chametz of other goyim. On the other hand, we're saying that you can't. That you can't be mekabel pikdonos when anachem. So which is it? So Gemara says lo kasha. How do kabel aleachrayis? How do kabel aleachrayis? That if you take responsibility, meaning you really are accepting this chametz, such that if the chametz gets lost, you'd have to reimburse. So then it's really considered in the meantime as yours because you've taken achrayis for it. Kiha de amar lehu rava levni mechosa ba'iru chamira divnei chela mi He says. Rava says to the 
to the members of the residents of the town of Mechoza, take out all the chametz of the non-Jewish soldiers from your house. Why? Right, if there was what we call Gneva Veveda, right, it sounds like we're getting into Shomrim now, if you would have Gneva Veveda, if it was lost or stolen, then what? You would be responsible, says the Gemara, it was in your possession, and you're going to be held responsible to pay for it, therefore, it is considered to be like yours, Ve'aser. So we see that there's something whereby if you are responsible for it and you're responsible to to reimburse in the case that something happens to it, it is as if the thing in the meantime belongs to you. And therefore, that would be the answer. That if you are responsible for this chametz, then it would be as if it belongs to you and that's the chametz that you'd be over by Rabbi Matsuyan. As opposed to if you have no responsibility for this chametz, um, it just happens to be somewhere in your vicinity. As long as you have no chayas for it, you're not going to be chaya for it. Now, what is this idea of if you have a chayas for it, it's as if it's yours, says the Gemara. Right? This all makes sense, but only according to the idea that we say that if a person, if something can cause you benefit of money, right, is considered actual money. This is a machlokis in Babakama, Ein Aleph, as Rashi explains. That's Rabbi Shimon saying that the loss of chametz would cost the Jews some money, and therefore it's considered legally as if it is in the Jews' possession. Elamanda Amar says the Gemara. Elamanda Amar Lav Kamamandami Ma'iklamayvgar. What are you going to say? Okay, so now we've reconciled. Right, we could say that one is where he accepted a Christ, one is where he didn't accept a Christ, and now we have our Brysa, which seems internally contradictory, reconciled, where the portion where your Chayev is where you uh, accepted a Christ, and the portion where you're not Chayev is where you do not accept a Christ. But that's only if you hold that accepting a Christ is halachically meaningful. What if you don't hold like Rabbi Shimon? So what would the Gemara say? So the Gemara answers, Shiny Achadamra No, Chametz is different. Right, chametz is always going to be different. We know because chametz says lo yimatze, such that even if you don't have a chrias on it, we're going to consider. Right, even if the reason is not because you have a chrias on it, we're going to consider it in that case, like as if you do have a chrias on it. Right, if you were asked to have a chrias on it, we're going to consider it, or maybe that's that. That's what it means that it's kemamon dummy that even that just. By virtue of having a chryas for it, we're going to consider it as if it belongs to you because we are so vigilant about getting rid of chametz that we don't want you to be responsible for any chametz. We don't want you to have this kind of strong connection to chametz. So that's what I think the Gemara means when it says, It means that even with respect to this, right, we're going to have an opinion about that as being different for chametz as opposed to the rest of the Torah. In the rest of the Torah, you can have a machlokas and you can have a sheet that says a davar, right? That that just having responsibility for something doesn't make it yours. But by chametz, in contrast, just having being responsible for it is enough to give you an isra chametz. Okay, going on, ikad de amri, the last line in Haman Bays. Some say, no, it's like this, that it makes sense only according to the sheet that says, as we turn to, we say, 
That's why the Pasuk has to say, Lo Yimatze. Elamanda Amar Kimamon Dami. But if you hold it, it's Kimamon Dami. Lo Yimatze Lomeli. Why do I need that to say, Lo Yimatze, that you can't find it? Obviously, you'd have to remove the Chametz from your house. In other words, what are you going to need the Pasuk of Balyurah Balyimatze? If you hold the Dabar, right? Um, right? The Dabar Gorim, uh, Kimamon Dami. So then, any Echorais that you have, obviously, is going to teach you that you're going to have to be responsible for it. It's going to be considered yours. So why do we even need the Pasuk of Bali Rabbi Matzei? So the Gemara answers, it's true. You still need the Pasuk. You might have thought that since when that item is intact it, and it's returned to the owner as is, Lav that it is. In other words, it's teaching you that you might have thought that if the object right that was entrusted in your possession by the non-Jew, if that object was in fact lost or stolen, so it's only then that you have to actually compensate. So that's a high level of responsibility. And in that case, certainly that chametz would be considered yours. But what if you were given a, like whatever a box of uh, Oreos and those Oreo cookies need to be now uh, returned. And as a matter of fact, they're sealed in the container. They never even made it out of the box. So you're getting them back exactly as fresh and wonderful as you received them. So in that case, you don't have shaykhis to that box as if it's yours. You're literally just watching over it. So you might have thought that that kind of watching over where you don't have to end up having to right, go back and fill it, fill it in and reimburse etc. So you would say that that box never belonged to me and I'm getting it, I'm watching it temporarily and I'm bringing it back. So you might think that that would not incur the chiv, the iser, because it's not in fact really in your possession because you're returning it intact. Kamash know that even if you retain it and then return and return it fully intact, you're still going to be over on the iser, on that chametz, because it's in fact in your possession and you have a degree of achrayis for it that is learned out, in fact, from the Pasuk of Ayurabai according to the Shita. Alright, so we'll pick up here tomorrow, four lines down from the top.